And you are listening to Eating Cake, and this is, I believe, episode 12. We are coming to you through the technological wizardry of Anchor and Skype. And I am here with Ruth. Um, and what's going on? How's it going? Well, um, the pandemic goes on and on, and... Um it's like they're going to start clamping down again. And here in Seattle, uh, you won't be able to go into a restaurant anymore, or just take out, although the sit-down places were very few and far between. And it just seems like um, it's lasting forever. And people on my feed, it just seems like there's a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. And as far as me, I seem to be doing okay. I have my job. I rarely go out. Mostly it's just dealing with my husband's uh, crises from going out and stuff because he has to deal with people. And apparently people aren't that friendly sometimes in the store. It's kind of push and shove. And I started again on my Druid study course this last week. So um, it took me like um, a long time to track down my old coursework because I had to get new stuff because my friend and fellow Druid passed on a few years ago and um, had half the stuff, and so I couldn't find it. So I had to get new stuff. So now I'm starting again, uh, just rereading the old materials, and then I'll start. I'm about halfway through the last course. So yeah. Are you in the final course stage? Yeah, I'm in the, the white, Druid stage. Yeah, the Druid shade. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I would completed yeah. a 23... Um, but when I wrote to my tutor, she said, why don't you go back and review and just reread all of the one through 23. Mm -hmm. And so I started working on that and it's taken months to get mm -hmm. those, but now I have them in hand and I read them at night and do a little meditating. And I actually have to say, I feel so much better. That's <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And I mean, I, I think that's really, I, I like that we're starting out with actually something that's not um, directly related to the misery of the world and something that's far more uplift, uplifting, yes. um, such as like your earth-based earth spirituality practices. Yeah. And this is something that I feel is really important as well. It grounds me in the earth. Mm -hmm. I give thanks to the earth and I give thanks to um, just the seasons and the elements just simply by having those, having those meditations and rituals integrated into my daily life. Yep. Because if I didn't have it, I would be all wound up. <laughs> well, know? I was thinking about it. It's true. It's like, we're kind of watching society crumble a bit, not completely maybe, but definitely crumbling a bit. And if we think that the society is the whole of reality, um, now is a good time to sort of uh, update our thinking to realize that, like, um, as people, we are not the ultimate reality and over all of reality. We're part of the whole scheme. Yeah. Yeah, and this reminds me, and I, you know, so much of what we talk about on this podcast is related to the idea of alienation and actually being split, you know, from the natural world and even 
not really having meaning within our own lives because it's been, we've been robbed of, like I've talked about before, robbed of our creativity, robbed of our Mm -hmm. vital energies. And so much of what we need to do is take those things back. And for me, Druidry, Indigenous practices, um, and and other things that I was brought up as a child learning, like including Rastafarianism, is about, you know, chanting down Babylon. It's it's about basically understanding that the establishment that we live in is not the real world. It's actually a superficial structure that robs us from a much more harmonious and unified way of living. Exactly, exactly. And I think uh, that's the beef I have with capitalism and also with both the Democrat and Republican parties is what they've done is they've sought to create a world apart from the actual universe, a world apart from actual nature and created not just their own little rooms that they feel like are solid and unbreakable, but like their own meanings aside from what they find in the natural rhythms of life. Um, and, you know, I don't wish them well. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> you don't, you don't wish you well. <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to, I think it's time to like blend what humanity can do, what we know we can do, what we know we, we can create and what we know we can learn with sort of understanding how we fit into the natural realm of nature and the universe instead of like separating nature from ourselves and then mm-hmm. trying to create some like uh, fo- some sort of made up belief. Um, why not just bring our best qualities into uh, harmony with what al- already exists? And I yeah. know that's like rolls off my tongue, but it's, it's a tough thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it is a tough thing to do. And I mean, we're, we're actually, I mean, I think it is completely related to yep. um, this idea of like the Tower of Babel, you know, like I, I'm going to go back to biblical structures about how, yeah, we're, we're superhuman. We can reach, we're, you know, we're gods on earth. We can reach the sky, whatever, whatever. And but the reality is, is that these edifices and these institutions that try to restrict us from our own internal wisdom are machinations of confusion so, and alienation. I, <laughs> I, I'm already laughing because like, I agree. <laughs> so true. I mean, I know. I don't. It's like so ridiculous. Uh-huh. So it was like really weird this week because, for example, like the week, first of all, time just went by really strangely. I know. Like it just kind of, it was one of those weeks where time flew by. Although for the most part, I was at home on Zoom, you know, t- you know, my my head floating out into cyberspace somewhere, and heads floating towards me, and then holy shit, it was Friday, and I'm like, what just happened? And then holy crap, it was Saturday, and I went uh, for a wa- I went for a walk, which was nice, ooh, a nice yeah. kind of hike in the woods, which was grounding. But wow, this isn't it's a yeah, you know, it's just a weird world to be in right now 
politics aside, you know, it's just strange. Um, and oh, I was thinking of something. Your your reflection earlier, like a minute or so ago, reminded me of a quote by my friend's uncle, whose name is Thomas Berry. And I think he was an Episcopal, oh, I think yeah. he was an Episcopal priest or a mystic or something. The but he said, guy. yeah, the nature yeah, guy, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But his quote, really nice quote is, um, you know, we are not a collection of objects. I'm paraphrasing. It's, we're not a collection of objects. The earth is not a collection of objects. It's a communion of subjects. And yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, in dominion over all of the plants and animals to destroy the planet and wreak havoc like we like to do as human beings, particularly um, the more objectifying human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're supposed to be in communion, you know. We shouldn't cut. I think uh, for me, it's really hard to see how people cut themselves off from like land based wisdom, you know, from understanding that we're like the whole universe is alive in in a really amazing and awesome way. And yeah, so I, I understand how it's done. I mean, I don't ascribe to it, but people cut themselves off um, through the necessity of the system because, like, um, once you become a parent, you pretty much have to do whatever you need to <laughs> to provide for your your um, spawn <laughs> or your, your spawn. <laughs> <laughs> I say that lovingly as a mother, but. No, it it sort of changes you because it's no longer about you at all. But then the system has you. Once you become a parent, your choices become almost non-existent. You pretty much have to take the highest paying job. You have to do whatever your boss tells you, even if you hate it. And so um, with all the work it takes to be a parent, you don't have time anymore to think about all of these things we're talking about. You don't have time to think about philosophy or how maybe your life should be like the complete opposite of what it is. It's like you can't think about it anymore. It's like there's no point to it anyway because you feel powerless and they want you to feel powerless. People at the top do want us to all feel powerless and that's like insane and I fight against that and I try to get everyone to fight against that feeling of powerlessness because I think we all have those inklings that we are part of the universe and and we're integral. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Integral? Yeah. Integral. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's this ingrained powerlessness that we have to fight, I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, I was, I was actually talking to somebody earlier today maybe it was yesterday the whole weekend is a big blur at this point but uh, just the idea that we <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna be straight up I'm a, like I'm one of those people who are like what what it, what do we really understand what we're doing with the masks thing 
You know, like, so for example, I'm down with wearing masks in like indoor places like the grocery store, you know, if, you know, you have to, like those places are, I mean, they have food in there, but they're fundamentally kind of gross. You know, there's all different, like it's a Petri dish for disaster. So, but when I see people wearing masks, like outdoors, like in the forest where you're not really seeing anybody or better yet, my favorite one is when (laughs) someone's in their car driving with the windows up and they have a mask on. I'm like, what exactly, what's going on here? Like, oh, I what, what, like, is this just, like, blind obedience to authority where you just don't even know what you've become in the process? Like, you've just become, you've, you've basically bowed down to the golden calf of, like, governmental authority? I just don't understand. You know, yeah. um, do you mind if I give my take on the math? Yeah, no, please do. So, I, that's why I brought it up. It's so <laughs> weird to me. Well, first of all, I actually think it it, it probably does help some, um, but it seems to have devolved into this like uh, binary thing, like the extreme right. They're all about not wearing your mask and are you afraid to die? Are you afraid to live? And how dare you tell us what to do? And then the left is like this obedient sort of cheap you know and it's like hey (laughs) Biden's elected and he says we're gonna have to wear masks so everybody get your masks out but the and it's like it does seem kind of crazy to me it seems like a lot of it's politically motivated and you can kind of tell like what whether someone's a Democrat or Republican by like whether they're what kind of masks they're wearing? Like, do they take it seriously? Because, like, some people wear, like, the surgical masks and make sure it's all tucked in carefully. And, you know, they're devout Democrats. And yeah. then the the people, um, like, like people I know, uh, one person <laughs> I know. <laughs> yours truly. <laughs> Not me, but yours Not truly. saying any words. <laughs> but... They they wear these kind of masks you wear around your neck and then you just pull it up and it just meets the requirements, you know. But it's like I honestly, I think if you're exposed to it, you're exposed to it. And like I don't really see, because you're right about the grocery stores, they're, they're probably the place where most people get like, you know, infected, a lot of people. I actually don't think masks are going to help. I think, um, I think, uh, you know, for me, what I've done is I gargle every day with salt water. And I found that there are studies that show that actually reduces the viral load. And people don't know what that means, reduce the viral load. But I looked it up and, and it means that there's less of the virus in your throat so that when your body tries to fight it off, it might have a little more effect. And people think that's crazy. That's like, oh, and then we get into the QAnon, which has exploded about the mass. I was reading an article just this morning, and I was actually, I don't read many articles anymore because there's so many, but if it really interests me, and this is really interesting about how the, the QAnon has exploded into the yoga world. <laughs> Oh, God. 
I don't, that I don't know. <laughs> this whole conspiracy thing about how, like, Trump is trying to eliminate the child predators. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, like the whole pedophilia And it's all and, like... in with the masks and, the, and, like, you're not supposed to wear masks. You're supposed to, like, do healthy diet only. It's like... So that's exploded in the health food world and in the yoga world <laughs> so that there's these like what they call influencers like on on <laughs> social media with like 60,000 followers and they're like now QAnon devotees. And so my whole take on this is you just can't be to one extreme or another. And I think I've learned this most from trying to write poetry because um, – you know how in the Heisenberg uncertainty principle yeah, yeah. that says, and I'll say this for those listening, maybe who don't know, it says that you can know the velocity of a subatomic particle and you can also know the location, but you can't know both at once. Yeah. And it's like you have to sort of choose and maybe you can know a little bit about the velocity and a little bit about the location. And so when I'm trying to write poetry lately, um, I realize that, like, I have to choose between all these things. I have to choose between the meaning of the poem and the rhyme scheme of a poem and whether a word sounds good. So, like, sometimes I've learned I have to choose a word that maybe isn't as accurate as it should be, but it sounds really good in the mm. poem. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we have to, I don't know, for me, the middle way, not the neoliberal centrist way that bombs other countries, but the middle way where you take into account all these different uh, perspectives seems like it works. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I feel like there's a couple threads I want to pick up on. I mean, like you've got all kinds of like, there's just things, there's just a, a big gap in my knowledge about QAnon. I mean, that's just like beyond the scope of like, the energy that I want to like put to QAnon. <laughs> I mean, but like I, I feel like QAnon needs to exist on some level. Let them, let them do their thing, just like everyone else is doing their thing. Like yeah. they, they, there's a, there's a reason for their existence. Live and let live. You know, that's me. Um, but I feel like there's something there about wearing masks and like Q. I think there is like. I just want to reflect a little bit on conspiracy theories, which I think we have before, and also mask wearing. So, okay, so you had me thinking, like, trust me, people, this is all stream of consciousness. Like, so whatever yeah. just falls out of our mouth is yeah. just basically it for the day. <laughs> but I just, it made me start thinking about mask wearing, like the... I feel like on some level there's so much resistance around mask wearing and it doesn't, I'm not saying it's all the people on the right. I feel like people are just tired. They're tired of wearing the, the literal masks and the metaphorical masks, like the masks of political correctness, mm -hmm. the masks related to the politics of identity, the masks of, pretending that they're we're all middle class in the United States when really, like I said before, people are sleeping on the streets and in the woods. So why are we playing these bullshit games around pretending that these but that, that 
that America is or the United States is, um, you know, tightly woven or tightly knit or sewn up in a coherent particular way. And it's not. People are wearing masks all the time. You know, for me, you know, as a as a mixed person, person of color, black, indigenous, whatever, just I am me. And at the same time, I have to I in order for me to carry myself in the world a particular way, um, I have to wear a mask, you know. And so it's like ha- the masks are about how we're presenting ourselves. And if we're so, for example, I'm one of those people that wear one of those tubes around my face and wear it around my neck and just pull it up because I, I mean, I just, I just don't subscribe to kind of, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of different reasons why I, first of all, I wear glasses, I can't wear contacts. And if I'm walking down the street, I'm not going to wear a mask on my face and blind myself because I can't see out of my glasses. Um, that's just, that's just not practical for me. So there's that. And at the same time, I think masks in some ways, they're not quite a fig leaf, you know, they're not quite a fig leaf, but they are a form of harm reduction. And I think to some people, um, and maybe, you know, and I think masks do help more in urban spaces. I think they might be more of a nuisance in um, less densely populated areas, but I can't speak to living in a, in a rural area because I don't. I do live in like a small city. So I think the mask thing is um, interesting because it has a, a literal meaning and it has a, like metaphorical levels of meaning where people know that we mask, we, I mean, we mask ourselves through clothing, you know, if we weren't, you know, wearing, wearing a, a clothing mask, we would be naked. So like, so there's, I mean, so there's just, it's just a yeah. really interesting thing huh. to think about, like how we, how we are masks and why the, why the mask, the mask itself has become a symbol of like political fracturing and frustration with the, with the current social order, if that makes sense. That is still, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get to the QAnon thing. I can't, the QAnon thing is just about people have the right to, cons- to believe in whatever conspiracy they want. I'm not, I can't change their mind. So, you know, like I said, live and let live. Yeah. No, I, um, when I wear my mask, I have a, um, a mask I ordered from Etsy. It's this cotton, nice fabric, reddish, and, and it goes over my ears and I have to take it off when I walk outside and put it around my, um, my lanyard. But I actually feel when I put it on, I actually feel like it's not good for anything but to just put people at ease. I actually don't feel it's going to keep me from getting anything or keep me from giving anything to uh, people. And, And it just seems absurd to me, but it just seems to be a way of, I don't know, I, I don't, I just can't believe that scientists would, I mean, I guess it does reduce, con, you know, uh, contact in, 
it is a novel virus and no one has immunity so i guess i guess i can understand that but i honestly don't feel like it's doing good but i do it because i have to yeah i mean i do i mean i feel like it it reduces some harm like i you know if you're gonna i mean cut People don't even like cover their mouth when they cough sometimes. I mean, it's just so gross. It's like, can you actually like try to not be gross around other people? But yeah, I mean, I feel like there is something around mask wearing in terms of harm reduction. And I do believe indoors, you know, that's fine. I'm happy to comply with that social convention particularly in like these more disturbing and questionable public spaces Mm -hmm. like the grocery store or like a, you know, a gas station or whatever, like going into a convenience store. But I can't really imagine going back to teach and wearing a mask in the classroom. I would just be like, screw this. I'm taking my ass home and working online or we're going to go sit outside if it's a nice day. But there's just no way that mandatory mask wearing is going to really help anybody other than aggravate people. And if you're forcing them, like Biden said, he's going to make it mandatory. I'm just going to be like, F you. I <laughs> Screw that. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> so. And speaking of mask wearing, um, Today in Washington State, they're announcing yep. it that tomorrow everything's going to go back to the way it was. Yep. There will be no more uh, going inside restaurants and sitting down. Um, yeah, it's going to go back. And, you know, they say there's going to be a vaccine. I don't know if they really are because I know the trials, like a lot of the trials, there's hundreds of them. Some of the trials have been shut down. Some of the more well-known trials because people have died. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, so, but see, here's the weird thing about the United States. I mean, like, there's such a, I'm not, I'm not cool with Biden saying everyone, I'm going to make masks mandatory. You know, like I said, I think he's strange and addled and just needs to go sit down somewhere. (laughs) And just enjoy his retirement. Yeah, I but, think so, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not one of those people who are like, woohoo, freedom. You know, you're, I mean, the, the thing is, like, there's this kind of weird, like, hyper individualism. Like, I do whatever the F I want, you know, screw you. My freedom is more important than pretty much everything. But yeah, okay. So if that's the case <laughs> and you get, you get the corona, and you, your ass winds up in the hospital. Yes, you're also free to die. Yeah. You know that's the type type of American individualism we have. We're so free to be. We're free to be infantilized, and we're free to die. You know, and, and, and free to infect others so they die too. Right, right. <laughs> so, what is so bad about this very simple approach of harm reduction? And if you want to kind of go full-blown fear of corona by wearing a mask in your car <laughs> with the windows rolled up. 
Go with God, man. I got nothing to say to you around that. I got nothing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, just goodbye. I've seen that too. It's, it's crazy. I, why would anyone wear a mask in their car alone? I, (laughs) with the, no, but my favorite part alone with the windows rolled up. Yeah. Like, what is going on? And I, (laughs) And the weird thing is, Ruth, I've seen it more than once. This was not a yeah, one-off. Me too. It's me too. Like, yeah. You know, I just, what part of strange? That's just so strange. So, yeah, I mean, so this just goes back to, you know, we have really strange distortions around what, you know, just, I people just don't think critically. They're, Either or, this is going back to that polarization, both political and social. And how about just kind of, you know, thinking for yourself a little bit? Not, not, it's not always about a conspiracy theory. You know, it's not always about, you know, your hyper individualistic freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about, you know, bowing down to the golden calf of like authoritarianism and and full-blown obedience. I just, it's a strange world. That's all I've got to say right now. It's strange people. It's really strange. And people, I think people have lost their center, you know, Uh, people have lost their balance. They've been pretty much like in what the martial arts, if you, strike someone what you try to do is you may maintain your center of balance and your chi and grounded so that you can deflect attacks and i think for you know a good majority people have just uh lost that and i think a couple things turning off the tv like i've turned off tv news for months now and i've never felt happier and then you know some some form of nature or uh you know nature practice where you go out and walk or do some meditating out Mm -hmm. there is helpful but i think that i don't know it just seems to me that's the case because there's just it's like too crazy right now it's weird it's like so it's weird it's totally it's totally it is it's nuts so for example how are you going to basically tell people not to have Thanksgiving. I mean, like, that's, that's actually weird. That's weird, too. I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to get into the politicized version of Thanksgiving. We all know Plymouth Rock, you know, Plymouth Rock landed on us. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock, you know, for you and I. I mean, like, this is where we can get into that some other day, but not today. But right. really, what... That's a that's a tradition that people do have where they do get together with their families. So, yes, it's risky, but I think at the same time, people need to weigh the pros and cons for themselves and, you know, take a calculated risk if they can. Um, we can't control everyone's behavior around COVID, mm-hmm. but people will also die of isolation. That's And that also isolation compromises our immune systems and, and makes us, you know, we can get sicker if we don't have the social and human contact that helps us thrive. So, 
Well, I, yeah. I was wondering about that, and I was wondering, I have a feeling that, because I read that suicides on my timeline are pretty regular of uh, people, some of my friends, but mostly, like, I have 5,000 friends, right? And people speak of people they know committing suicide, and I wonder, like, I think a lot of those aren't aren't caught. Like, I, I'm a diabetic, and I take insulin, and it's really easy like um, to accidentally give yourself too much and just die. And like, there's other things like that too. And I, I just think that this year's, especially the latter half of this year, the suicide rate is going to be like really high and maybe we won't get the full extent of it in reporting, but it's really, really not so good. Yeah. I, I... Because of that, because of what you said. Yeah, I, I feel like I have heard about some, I haven't personally heard of COVID-related suicides in my direct circle, but I do know that some people that I work with, um, they're starting to fray around the edges, you yes. know, being, I mean, we're basically incarcerated in our homes. Yeah, so, we are. Yeah. And like my friends, my good friends, like, uh, one good friend uh, immediately upon this became like a conspiracy theorist and just was ranting about loss of freedom. And another friend blocked me like a really good friend. <laughs> really? Just blocked me. And it's like. I'm sorry. No, it's like it's crazy. So strange. And it's like, you know, and then I can't see a lot of my other friends and like, you know. So it's just, uh, it is, it's like, uh, people have to take a deep breath in every way they can. Yeah. Did, did they block you because of your, like, not voting for Biden or was it just like no. your, pol your politics are too off the rails? I said something, I don't know, <laughs> but it's like, and I, I don't know what it was exactly, but it's like, oh my God, it's like crazy. Yeah, it's it is pretty crazy. I mean, I had a fr I had a friend. I mean, I had a friend for ten years who. Yeah, and again, you know, I practiced a lot of self restraint talking to him, where he was really, really, and I I liked hanging, I liked talking to him, and then there was this one point, you know, where, and I think I might have mentioned him to you, where he was talking about. Seattle and like people overrunning Seattle and it's like super violent and those oh, crazy yeah. leftists and I think you know they're they're burning shit down and blowing shit up and and I and I was like actually that's not true my friend is down there I actually have a couple friends at the chop site yeah you know, oh yeah chop yeah at the site who have videotaped what is going on and it's the police who are the aggressors and I, oh, sent yeah. a, I sent a video and truly what the video I sent looked like a straight up peasant rebellion um, <laughs> where yeah. you know the the cops the SWAT cops had those big shields that remind me of like those um I don't have the language for it because I'm not well versed in like military strategy, but that wall of shields, those long oh. shields, mm -hmm. and they I were just know, pressing yeah. up against these people. And one of them was in a freaking wheelchair. Like if someone is like 
you know, can't walk and in a wheelchair and you're just moving towards them in your warlike fashion. That's completely disgusting. So anyway, so long story short, so I kind of really dug into him one day because he was, he identifies as a Christian and I'm just like, and he kept talking about how Jeff Bezos deserved all of his money. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Let's let me, okay. Where I, I actually, I did go off the rails. I'm not going to lie because I was angry. I said, wait a minute. So if I remember correctly, because I've read the Bible a few times now, um, because I, because my, my, my family is very religious. It was Jesus who went into the synagogue and went after the money changers and actually turned over the tables and basically went after the Pharisees and the Sadducees and basically the elites and oligarchs of their, of that time for, for essentially milking poor people of their money and yeah he was yeah, really so, clear about it i have yeah. a bible and jesus was clear he said you can't be rich and be a righteous person right it's not and possible he, that's right and the whole the whole saying about <laughs> a rich man getting into the kingdom yeah. of heaven yeah. a camel is like a camel getting through the eye of a needle yeah you so can't do it. Yeah. so I basically, I started quoting the Bible to him, and then he got mad and defriended oh, sure. me. <laughs> so, but I was dissonance. But I'm just like, dude, I am like, don't even consider myself a Christian. Right. And Jesus was actually feeding people through loaves and fishes. Like there are stories about giving out free food and shit. Yeah, like how? Free food, how? Free healing, you know, like, just like, and not, and not even mad about it. Just like, I'm glad you had faith. I remember that yeah. story about the man kept saying, you know, if I could just t- touch him <laughs> touch and robe, you know, just yeah. touch his robe, just touch his robe. Right. You know, and if I can touch him, then I'd be healed. And he go, he was terrified because Jesus, of course, knew like, you know, energy had left him and was like, who right. touched him? So, like, all of these stories, like, are basically talking about the importance of, you know, recognizing the humanity of other people and actual collective behavior for the greater good. So, I just feel like, what part of the Bible don't you people understand? Like, Jesus was about the politics of redistribution. For the greater good. Don't get me started because, like, I went to a Christian college and and the whole thing is uh, the early church was communistic. Yeah. It wasn't until the Council of Nicaea that things shifted. Um, But before then, uh, people didn't see Jesus as so much a deity, but just a human and and, uh, other things, too. But it shifted to nobility and elitism after that so yeah yeah and it kind of like isn't christianity the way jesus taught it anymore i mean um but with the bible people even if they're uh the whole institution is more about like authority and elitism 
people can go back and read the words and get inspired for themselves. Yeah, I mean, there was when I was at one of the black the Black Lives Matter protests I went to in June. June, um, one of the speakers said she's not a Christian; she's a follower of Christ. And I was like, Yeah, I understand <laughs> yeah. that. Political Christianity, you know, is really about about. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, these people, you know, the 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 Christian elites are, are basically idolaters, you know, and they're oh, just yeah. disgusting. I just can't, one, I can't even. <laughs> one of the preachers, one of the real successfully financially ones, I can't remember his name. They were talking about, he was talking about being the first Christian preacher billionaire. <laughs> oh and, and dude, what are you doing? Like, why do you need a billion dollars? That's like, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, yeah. someone educate me. If you can prove to me why someone needs a billion dollars to basic, to take care of their basic human needs, try me. But let me tell you, a billion dollars means that you've exploited a lot of people yes, in the process. Exactly. So, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm down with like, you know, Jesus being a person of, you know, a model for redistribution and kindness and, and mm-hmm. actually recognizing the divinity and humanity of others. But so too. Yeah, but this like whole like prosperity gospel shit and like yeah. you you are poor because you failed in life and you failed I know. as a person and you're just a failure of some yeah. sort. You it's know? terrible. I've actually thought of writing a children's book um about the Marxist Jesus. I'm uh, yeah, I remember my 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 Marxist <laughs> My Marxist professor, when I was getting my BA, was like, was basically like, well, Jesus was a socialist, and I that was like one of the first times I heard. That. I'm like, actually, that's tr- that's kind of true. I kind of yeah. I kind of see that, yeah. <laughs> and then like uh, years later, I saw a bumper sticker that said Jesus Jesus was a socialist, and I thought this is really nice to see. And I'm sure there are people out there who are, like, apoplectic because someone was saying that Jesus is so <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> well, nowadays, it, it's, like, kind of scary because everyone's so on edge, and you never know when someone's going to, like, just, like, come over and, like, start arguing with you or even, like, physically fighting, you know? It's kind of a scary time. Yeah, it's really strange. And it's true, it's, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I even find myself feeling like little moments of hostility or just kind of <laughs> some way. I went for a walk on the on a trail the other day and somebody somebody saw me and my husband and like a friend of mine and they like pulled up their mask and like did all <laughs> this know. stuff and, and 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 my friend said to me my friend said to me, what's wrong with that person? And I just said, sheep. And I just, I mean, it was almost like, um, just a, I wasn't really, it was an unconscious response to just like this kind of the sheepification, like that infantilization, like it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, That's I, a good word. 
And I, again, I'm like all for harm reduction, but I'm not for these extremes where we infantilize ourselves and basically are just blindly obedient to authorities that really don't have our, our interests and care in mind. Like these, these kind of autocratic decision-making processes are, are really about ways to immobilize us and, you know, disempower us. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm really speaking of disempowering. I just want to quickly weigh in. Yeah. You know, I do think there was cheating in the election. And, <laughs> we already and, established that last week. Group. <laughs> you know, it's becoming a fury now and like uh, Trump doesn't want to leave and claims, but it's like, I was listening to a video by some professor and like, there's definitely uh, abnormalities and like, but everyone's so sheepish, you know, everyone's on the left, even not on the left, but liberals are just like, they just go along with whatever is told. And I just find that incredulous. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, I they just really, I mean, it's just, it's a strange world that, you know, we're constantly propagandized by the the major news outlets and, and media channels or whatever you want to call it. I think the best thing that we can do for ourselves is actually turn it off, yep. you know, and, uh, and have really meaningful discussions with some friends and say, well, Howard, yes, the world is in turmoil. It's going down in in a spectacular kind of way, and the our political machinery. We're I mean we're we're failed. <laughs> the government, and when I mean failed state, it basically means that you know this particular political system cannot take care of people, in and by meeting their basic needs, they cannot. They're so inept. Yeah. It's beyond Trump. They the the Medicare for all and the and the whole food system and medical systems were so gutted a long time ago. So this this is beyond Trump. Like it's actually it's been slowly moving into a greater manifestation of a failed state. Yeah. So yeah, I think the best thing we can do is yeah, you know, carry your mask or to go for walks, you know, find joy and peace among your friends and just kind of live far more slim simply. And we kind of have to do that anyway, because, well, at least here in Washington state, because of the lockdown. So that's actually nothing new, but turn off the television. Yeah. I mean, at least I think for that's the news, one. you know, yeah, I did that. And I, I feel so much better. I immediately, my stress level within a few days just ratcheted way down. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really nice. I kind of was too busy this week with other things to really tune into things politically. And I, you know, I do make a practice of not tuning in too much to things politically because <laughs> most of it is propaganda. So mm -hmm. what I watch, what I watch, I watch, I didn't watch very much rising this week either. Interestingly, I just was too, I was reading more. I was reading like some old stuff. 
Oh, great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading, Fran, rereading Franz Fanon's The Wretched of the Earth. Wow. So it's basically, you know, he's what he, Fanon was a Marxist and a psychoanalyst, and, you know, he witnessed, you know, imperialism of all sorts, specifically in Algeria. But it was just interesting to, I was reading a passage from him and I was like, oh my God, he could have been writing right about today. It's really interesting. Like how in the 1950s and 60s, like early 60s, it almost, it was word for word. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what's happening right now. It hasn't really changed. It's literally the same colonial dynamics of the 60s that are actually happening right now. Again, the names have changed, the people have changed, but the underlying uh, configuration, the underlying structure is still an imperial one. So that, that was kind of interesting to just, of course, remember again about that. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I think um, the one thing I would add in addition to walking and mm -hmm. turning off the news media is um, like this whole philosophy that we as regular folk are just as important as these billionaires. I think that once people start thinking about that, it's actually true that they don't have anything we don't have. And so what we need to do somehow is first ground ourselves, and then start taking back the media, start taking back art, start taking back fiction, start creating worlds of imagination of how an equal world could be through art, through writing, through poetry, through podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. I mean, the best, the most healing things that we can do right now is, one, um, you know, be creative, do art, do poetry, write your novel. Um, I love, I mean, I like the, I love just having space to just be stream of consciousness with yeah. you every week and just have a conversation. That's great. That's unedited that, you know, some people might find interesting. Who knows? I mean, every so often we might say something witty. So, <laughs> so, and it's also really good to, I think it's also really important to hear, and this is part of what's going on to, this is why it's really important to turn off the news, to turn off mass media is because those are functioning as pure propaganda outlets right now mm. and there are conversations happening elsewhere be it podcasts like ours or you know be it um you know some other podcasts i you know whichever one you that resonates with you a spirituality podcast uh i listen to one called um psychedelic salon this is like a, oh. a, it's about um, thinking about like the use of psychedelics and quote and actually um, recordings of Terrence McKenna back in the 90s and so forth, wow. which is actually really it's a cool one. It's been around for a while and people are just having really interesting conversations 
where the dominant narrative of uh, the oligarchical machine is not important and they're basically trying to make sense of life in a world that was designed to disorient just regular people. So, yeah, so I'm down with not giving my attention over to the mass media because, you know, they'll suck the life out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess for me, what am I going to do? What am I, what have I, what else am I doing? I, oh yeah, I went to my yeah. meditation circle last night, yeah. hung out, talked to, you know, reflected on the week and did a meditation and listened to some music and had, you know, had time to move around and just ground our, we, that's what we need to do, ground ourselves in different yeah. ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's it for me. And do some sketching and some other cool stuff like that and just try to try to live as well as I possibly can right now given the yeah. circumstances. Yeah. So what's your words of wisdom for for this week? Any so, other um, I've been uh working on my project, my novel, just editing and re re-editing and I'm just one person and I'm just it's just one little novel, but um if we all did something like that, you know, the tide could turn. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, but wait, hang on. Let's, so you're going to have your, your book release when? Yes, is it New Year's Eve? Eve. You're going to have your book release New Year's Eve. Yep. Oh, and we should probably do an online event. Some people were disappointed when we were going to do that all Hallows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so I, I did answer a couple Facebook emails that said that where people sounded disappointed. So we should probably do one maybe, I wonder, after Thanksgiving or something sure. like that. Well, you yeah. can set, set someone up for maybe late November, early December. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, and tell us what you think. We Our, our Gmail address is we eat cake, all lowercase, we eat cake, all one word, nine.com. Lovely. Lovely. Yes, we eat cake. I was thinking about including something like guillotine, but that went <laughs> a bit too much. <laughs> we don't want to get banned. Write yeah. us. Write yeah. us we eat cake 9 at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you have questions, send us your questions or if Ideas. you want Yeah, if you want to you want us to just ramble on about a particular topic we're happy to do so I mean clearly we just kind of sit here and like bullshit for a while so it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun yep and yeah and we Loki Frayne has actually contributed some music um by way of our email address so we'll sample we'll put that in and sample it in in maybe this podcast or the next and yeah, we're good to go. Any last words? Nope, just thank you and um, don't lose hope. Yeah, yeah. And stay grounded and turn off the news. Yep. So until next time, everyone, take care. <laughs>